Is anyone else alive? Are they all dead? Yes, ma'am. Two of my men pulled you out of the lake. We thought you were dead, too. Do you remember very much? The boy. Is he dead, too? Who? The boy, Jason. Jason? In the lake, the, the one who attacked me, the one who pulled me underneath the water. Ma'am, we didn't find any boy. And he's still there. And welcome to another episode of the Retro Junkie Super Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Rob, and joining me today is my good buddy, Landon. Hello. And also joining us is a special guest from Excess Gaming Podcast, our good friend, James. How are you, James? Happy Halloween, everybody. How are you all doing this evening? I am doing spooktacular. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely ghoulish. <laughs> <laughs> doing great, man. Doing great. So glad to have you on the show, man. Uh, so James is uh, a kindred spirit of mine, uh, a Foot Clan brother of mine. How did how did we meet each other, James? I can't remember. Pretty much, I'd ended up listening to your guys' show, and I think I saw one of my friends had liked it on Facebook, oh, and sweet. I checked it out. And you know, I'd gotten a habit as I'm on a podcast too, XS Gaming Podcast. That's the mm -hmm. letter X and the letter S. And uh, you know, we had been on for a little while at the time and I was trying to get up with other people whose shows I listened to and liked. And uh, you know, your guys' shows was really awesome. And oh, uh, thanks, man. you know, just making contact with people because everybody has something, you know, different to offer. We all have, you know, great memories and stories, but I just thought it'd be cool to correspond with people. And uh, mm -hmm. I'd got up with you and we just started, you know, talking back and forth about certain stuff and, you know, mm -hmm. got to regularly conversate through there. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, speaking of Excess Gaming Podcast, uh, I'm a huge fan of your show. I got, I really enjoyed that last episode, man. I, I enjoyed the Resident Evil talk, uh, just the whole Halloween theme. And that was just part one. You're going to have a, uh, another special? Yeah, we do. Actually, uh, tonight I will be recording an episode, and I'll go ahead and tell you all we're doing uh, part Castlevania. <gasps> and. Ooh. I also have a, a good friend of mine from uh, me and my partner on XS Gaming Podcast, Xander, are very involved in the horror rock genre or scene of music. And uh, I have a very good friend of mine who's one of the top guys in the scene, uh, Argyle Goolsby of Blitzkid. And he's going to be on with us too, talking about Castlevania. And then the second half, we're going to do a little bit more musical part and talk a little bit more about the genre of horror rock and, you know, what Goolsby's been up to music wise. So oh, awesome. we're looking forward to that. We always try to do, a, you know, two, three shows around Halloween. We've been on for a year this past September. I think we're on 32 or 33 episodes or so. Nice. So we managed to do about two a month and uh you know we love halloween we're doing a couple of those episodes and should be a pretty good time he's two a month huh you're making us look bad yeah <laughs> you know you guys might not have the most shows but the content is there man you put out quality and oh thanks so much man thank you thank you 
Well, sweet. Well, James, happy to talk uh, some scary games with you today. Uh, as a matter of fact, today's main game, the main one we're going to be talking about, is Friday the 13th for the NES. <laughs> but before we get into it, I guess there's, uh, like always, we got a few shout-outs we want to give. And the first one uh, I guess I'll give is for Brian Rapolo, who is our website designer. Uh, basically, he's the guy doing all the stuff behind the scenes. Uh, just a great guy. He's also the senior editor at um, RetroGamingTimes.com. Just wanted to let you all know that he has a hosting website uh, up now. So if, say, you want to start a retro gaming website or any other website for that matter, check out his hosting site. It's the number one, OrangeHost.com. Uh, next one goes out to our buddy John Wedgworth. Uh, John, as you know, is the, I guess, the founder of the Nerd Noise Facebook pages. He's got Nerd Noise Channel 1 and Channel 2. Uh, Channel 2 is kind of more dedicated toward chip tunes, which is, and it's not video game music, but it uses video game instruments mm. and video game sounds to make, you know, popular music like, you could do Back in Black on an NES <laughs> sound, awesome. I guess, would, I guess nice. would be the, the correct way to try to describe that. <laughs> And, and check out uh, Nick DeMarco. He has his series of articles uh, on RetroGamingTimes.com. Uh, He's uh, got the column Turn to Channel Free. Um, and he also got, goes by Atari, man. So so check him out on RetroGamingTimes. And he's he posts quite often on our Facebook page. Yeah, he's got some pretty cool comics of you on there, Rob, if I remember correctly. <laughs> uh, Nick, shout out goes to Derek Slayton, the author of the Sega Master System Encyclopedia. And he is now working on an Atari 2600 encyclopedia. So check that out. Um, if you're interested in some of Derek's books, uh, you can get them at his website, which we can give you later. Um, you can also get them on Amazon.com. And from what I've been reading about the reviews, everybody's been giving him five stars on Amazon for his work. So be sure to check that out if, if you want to know a little bit more about the Sega Master System or, in the future, the Atari 2600. Uh, and check out Ferg's podcast, which is Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. Uh, I think his latest episode he talked about bowling and skydiving, so check that out. Uh, yeah, he's always he's got a weekly show, and he's always got a very informative uh, uh, episode lined up. So check that out. Uh, and another one, check out No Quarter podcast. Uh, they just covered Popeye, the, the classic arcade game. Uh, great game, and I think Donkey Kong has a lot to do with that game. So uh, be sure to check that out. Popeye was actually a pretty cool game. Have you ever played it? I have not. How about you, James? I've actually played it in the arcade, and I've played the NES version. I was a huge Popeye fan as a kid, and nice. I, I still like him a lot. It was one of my favorite cartoons, and uh, I have the Game Boy Advanced version. There's a Popeye game on there. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, and there's also a, I believe it's Japanese, but it's a Super Nintendo one. I, it might have been a crazy castle in Japan, or, you know, or over mm -hmm. here. I know they would switch out the cartoon characters sometimes, but they're all pretty enjoyable. You know, they kind of have that same vibe to them. They're not exactly a, a platform where you can run around and punch people, which would have been kind of cool, you know? <laughs> a Popeye Street Fighter, I like it. <laughs> exactly. So was the NES game, was that an arcade port? Yeah, from what I remember, pretty similar. It's been a while since I played that one. I was terrible at it, much like <laughs> Donkey Kong. Uh, next one goes out to David Thomas, uh, yourhomearcade.com. Again, David uh, met this guy a couple of months back. He builds custom arcade cabinet. He built a, a, a multi-cade stand-up and a multi-cade cocktail for a, another friend of ours that we're going to mention here in just a moment in the shout-outs uh, at the Retro Gamer. He was just a super nice guy, you know, really loves uh, the classics. I think 
me and him were talking about Pac-Man there for like 15 or 20 minutes. Just, you know, if you do this, you know, you can trick the ghost into doing that. Really cool guy. Really, really knowledgeable about the old school arcade games. Check his website out, yourhomearcade.com. And hey, tell him we sent you if you order a cabinet. Uh, all right. And uh, the next one uh, is the Retro Gamer in Canton, North Carolina. If you happen to be in the Western North Carolina region and you want to check out a, a classic uh, gaming shop, and they also do uh, PC repair and everything. Uh, check them out. Again, that's the Retro Gamer. Uh, and Rob and Kelly, if you're listening, I just want to apologize. I've been meaning to give you guys a call about uh, that tournament, and I've just been slacking lately, man. Work's been crazy, and I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> so, again, that's the Retro Gamer in Canton, North Carolina. So be sure to check them out. Uh, they've got a whole bunch of stuff in there. Lots of old systems. As a matter of fact, they almost have like a museum on the upper level of all these old systems. So uh, go check them out. It's a pretty neat place. Uh, what I heard, too, if you come in and play Galaga and can beat Rob's high score, you get a gift certificate. Sweet. He's in the store. He, I think he had a high score like 400000 Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I don't think I'll be discounts. <laughs> I went in there one day, and I'm just like, how do you do that, Rob? He's like, oh, it's the two-ship trick. And he showed me how to do it. And he's like, yeah, he said, you sit here and fire away, man. I had just looked up that store. I had heard you guys talk about it on your last episode. And I was trying to find the, the city. I was thinking, I was like, that's probably kind of far. Because I figured it was, you know, near y'all. And I looked it up. And I think it was about a four, four and a half hour drive from here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, where you, you, You're a fellow North Carolinian, aren't you, James? Yes, I am. I'm Sweet. in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is pretty much, if you know where Fort Bragg is, it's pretty much Fort Bragg. And uh, also, it's about an hour from Raleigh, an hour south. That's one of the bigger cities in the area. Some nice. kind of in the more in the middle of the state. <laughs> well, I know um, you know anytime Landon and I would go see a hockey game, the Knoxville Ice Bears, the Fayetteville Fire Ants would usually whoop up on us. So, uh, so, we, <laughs> so we have to hate you guys. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I mean, I've never been to one of the hockey games here. It's, oh, uh, you got to do it, man! It's like ten bucks you, every time we go to uh, an SBHL game. There's at least one fight, so it's it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, I thought about going. I had some uh, friends at work. And uh, I thought about going, you know, I'm a, a bit younger than actually most of the people I work with. I'm 35 and I think most of the people are 50 on up, you know, but there's some really cool people. And I thought about going just to hang out with some of those guys one time, like right. Blades of Steel. That's oh. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, James, uh, tell us where uh, the listeners can find Excess Gaming Podcast, my man. Well, you can get Excess Gaming Podcast on iTunes, and like I said, it's the letter X, the letter S, and we're on Podomatic, and also you can find our very first episodes, and our first, I believe, was a three-part Halloween series from last year, is on Blog Talk Radio, and that was back when we only had a 30-minute show, and we had to cram everything in that little amount of time and you can also find excess gaming podcast on facebook we have a group page anybody's welcome to join it's just people talking about games we have some interactions with our show and people are free to you know promote any stuff they have if they want to talk about games or if they have a podcast or youtube channel you know, you're welcome to post that on there. And uh, also, if I give a shout out to my partner on XS Gaming, uh, Xander Scullion, he has a very cool YouTube channel. It's 
under his name, Xander Scully, or I think you can get to it under XS Gaming Podcast on YouTube. And he does uh, just very good. He loves games, mm-hmm. has a lot of memory videos, and he's been getting a lot more subscribers and putting out some really good content. Yeah, I've seen a few of those videos. Xander knows a lot more about uh, classic games than I do. He, he makes me look bad. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> I, those videos are very well done. Uh, yeah, check out their, their Facebook page and check out their show uh, on iTunes. Uh, very, very solid show. Uh, I'm a big fan. So, And the only really announcement that we uh, need to make this week is uh, we're kind of building up like a, a network of podcasts. Just a little place where, you know, fellow podcasters, fellow retro gaming podcasters, or just, it doesn't even have to be gaming. It could be classic music or uh, wrestling or, or any, any um, type of, you know, kind of family-friendly podcast that would like to be part of our website. We would more than uh, be happy to have you on there. Uh, just, just send us a message. Send us an email at the retro junkies at the retro junkies.com. That's kind of a hard one to remember, right? Oh yeah. 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 S- send us an email. Let us know if you, you would like us to host your, uh, your podcast. We'd love to have you. Uh, as a matter of fact, we'd love to have excess gaming podcast. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be very cool. Yeah. We could team up man. nerd it up. Uh, just send us an email. We'd love to talk to you about it. So, um, you know, bottom line is we just want to create a place that's fun for us all to nerd out and, uh, have each other's back. So that's that's the whole whole point of the Retro Junkies. So that's the I think one of the best things about being, you know, doing a podcast and mm-hmm. meeting a lot of cool people and it's never been like a competition. It's like no. I said, every everybody's got something different to offer, something cool to talk about. And I think that's a great idea, you know, just having everybody under one big umbrella hanging out together. That's right. That's right. We could be like the umbrella corporation. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. Nothing. Without the viruses. Yeah, exactly. Minus the virus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the thing. Like, none of us are making any money off of this. We just love it, you know? I mean, I, when I listen to Access Gaming Podcast, I know you guys love games. Uh, Land and I, we love games. I mean, there's no competition there. We all have that, you know, we're all on the same team. And, that, you know, I think that's kind of how we look at it. So, um, so just send us an email. That We'd be tickled to death to have you. All right, I guess it's time to get into some retro news. So, Landon, why don't you start us off, my man? Sure. Um, I found a really cool article on uh, RetroCollect.com, and this was sent out, has a print date of September 18th, 2013. Um, SNES OIP brings online multiplayer to the Super Nintendo. And basically what it is is it's like a broadband modem for SNES that connects to an old-school SNES, and you can play your friends online. So, like, the example that they're using in the in the little clip here is Zombies Ate My Neighbors uh, co-op mode. <gasps> and, like, you know, I was reading through it, and it said that it kind of runs kind of like the Xbox Live network, except it's free right now. And they're really wanting folks to, like, be able to play those, those two-player games, you know, where you're... If you were like me, you know, only child growing up and your siblings were too young to play, you know, once you you kind of got older and had siblings, then mm-hmm. uh, this would have been the way to go. I would have loved this as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd still get excited at the idea of playing uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors over the internet. That is some kind of magical thing there. See, Rob, we could play some uh, Turtles in Time. Oh, oh I was, that's the go. first game I thought of when uh, he said that. Yep. <laughs> so is it already out? It should already be out. It's uh, they're kind of building it up in this, and then they've got a little video that you can watch of people actually playing with it. It's still in development. It says it's an open source project, and it's already fully functional. So, 
They're wow. just kind of, I guess, needing folks to test it out and get all the bugs worked out of it. Well, how about you, James? Did you find anything? Actually, I did. It kind of ties into, you know, a couple of, of your shows and this show and just some all-around fun stuff and Halloween. But uh, Nika, the toy company, they, you know, recently had released at the San Diego Comic-Con an exclusive Jason from Friday the 13th, the NES game. Oh, I remember you tell me about that. Yeah, with the the blue mask, and mm. you know he, he looked just like it. And this one, and I found it online, and it's going for a hundred bucks. And I've actually considered it, but you know that's a big chunk to pay. <laughs> but coming off of that, what I just found out is in November they're releasing a Freddy Krueger NES figure. <laughs> Sweet. Which is going to be you know available to everybody. And then, following that, in, I believe, February, they have a RoboCop <gasps> NES figure coming out, too. Which also, I think, you know, will be readily available to the public, and you won't have to sell an arm or an organ to afford it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love toys, and, and this idea right here, and I'm real big into horror movies and toys and everything, and the fact that it's melding the games, the horror, mm -hmm. toys, all in one, I think is a really awesome concept, and I think a lot of people will really be into that. I know I'm planning on getting a hold of those. Well, I gotta know if the Freddy Krueger uh, action figure, you know, if, if it's the NES one, I gotta know if the blades actually come out of his fingers, you know, instead of the glove. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, my life's complete and I'm buying one. <laughs> I know he's very brightly colored. He's <laughs> Sweet! <laughs> He's very orange-tinted. I would pose mine in the air surfing Freddy when he jumps, where he kind of looks like he's surfing in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw the Jason one, and I was like, golly, I'd want that. But then I remember seeing the price tag being close to $100. I said, I don't know if I want it that bad. I said, yeah, the, la the first time I checked, it was around 90 And the last time oh, I goodness. checked, it was 100 I think they had one for 100 one for 110 And that was a few weeks ago, and I'm sure it's gone up more. And I, I think I'm just going to have to let that one go yeah. <laughs> is, is it just because they're in limited supply yeah it uh, was because it was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive oh, I'm not okay, sure how yeah. many were released or how much they cost you know there but you know people are going to go crazy on eBay and right. send the price way up and you know yeah. I thought about it you just buy so much you know more stuff <laughs> yeah well the only other thing or the only thing that I found was uh, something that actually Atari Man on our Facebook page had mentioned uh, it's a new retro magazine that's coming out uh, and actually I think this was, this was on uh, the page of um, AtariAge.com it looked like it was on their, their homepage um, I just found out about this like two days ago but apparently there's this Kickstarter campaign going for this uh, new retro magazine Magazine that has kind of an all-star cast of writers, and I think they're they're wanting quite a lot of money. I think it's it's about fifty thousand they're wanting, but it's already past the thirty thousand dollar mark now. And I think there's about ten days to go on it. The, the thing that intrigues me is how many people that are really prominent in the the retro community are involved with this, like um, uh, Sean Baby, Chris Kohler, Pat Contry, Patrick Scott Patterson. Uh, SoCal Mike Kennedy from uh, Retro Gaming Roundup. It's a monthly podcast uh, that we're really big fans of. So uh, they're all going to be involved in this in some way. And I know there's probably about five or six other writers, but I didn't have time to write them all down. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so go check that out if, if you would want to fund that. Um, I don't really know what the perks are when you you know pledge a certain amount of money. But, yeah, yeah, it's called... Um, now, is this going to be a print magazine? Yes, I think so. It's going to be digital and print. Um, and it's going to be bi-monthly. 
Oh yeah, okay, it's, it's gonna be called Retro. I, the way I look at it is, hey, more retro content, the better. That is, I, I'm a huge fan of the Retro Gamer, the Me too. UK magazine. Yeah. I, I go to Barnes and Noble on the first of every month. You know, I think you pick up last month's issue because it's about a, a month behind. And <laughs> you know, it, they've gone down in price. I remember they used to be about, I think, thirteen or fourteen, and yeah. they've gone to around ten, which. You know, I understand it's still kind of pricey for a, a magazine, but to me, they're highly collectible. Like, I have every single one that I've ever gotten still. Oh, wow. They're oversized, wow. uh, you know, nice glossy covers, just <laughs> a, a good quality magazine that, I, you know, I don't think the price is really too outrageous for what you get. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I've bought uh, a couple of the Retro Gamer magazines, um, and I really like them. You know, I live in Romsville, North Carolina, and the nearest Barnes & Noble is probably about Oh gosh, an hour and a half away, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, so I got the digital versions of it on my iPad, and I love it. Um, I think the digital is actually a little bit cheaper. Yeah, I agree with you. I've, I think I bought the Atari collection, uh, the Retro Gamer collection, and I think they had like a top two hundred or top hundred list of Atari games on there. So I bought that. It was about twenty dollars, but you know the artwork, the backstories. It, it was worth it. it. It's definitely a quality magazine, but uh, it is. And, and the cool thing is too, with it being a UK magazine, you, you know, you get to learn a few <laughs> alternate titles of games, and you get to hear, you know, about certain games we might have never gotten. Exactly. As a matter of fact, they were talking about one. Um, I actually read a recent issue. They were talking about uh, the rarest Sega Master System games ever made, and I didn't mm -hmm. know this, but there was a Donald Duck game that was only released in Europe. The one with the T-shirt, I think. Yeah, that's it. That's it. They cool. said if you can find that with the packaging that came with the T-shirt, uh, it's it's over like two or three hundred dollars now. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't mind having that. But uh, but yeah. So uh, again, that's called Retro, and I think they're really getting close to their goal right now. So if you want to support them, check them out. Just search up Retro, a new retro gaming magazine, and I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> So, Lana, what uh, retro games have you been playing? Oh, I've been hitting up some uh, Mega Man here lately. I've been in a Mega Man mood for some reason. Sweet. The original? Um, two. Oh, nice. Best one. <laughs> That's I, right. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mm -hmm. love two. Three was okay. I, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't get into three like I could two. And I don't know if it was the whole on three, you know, the bosses have a primary weakness, but they have a secondary weakness. I've heard that. And, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of throws the rock, paper, scissor thing out the window when they're weak to two things but more weak to one and right right but yeah two two's awesome get the the metal man get the diagonal blade and man you can oh, metal blades those. are the the best weapon ever <laughs> oh yes <laughs> you can cruise to the robot bosses once you get that and then get the wily castle and that's when the fun starts <laughs> i think Two's the only one I've ever beaten. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I went. I think I ordered all six on eBay. I got. I think all six for about. I got it for a deal. I think I got it for like sixty bucks. I've played the first one. I haven't beaten it, and I've beaten the second one. Uh, truthfully, I don't even think I've played four or five and six. I mean, I feel. I feel like a terrible gamer. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, one of the forum topics we're going to get into. Uh, the Mega Man games are definitely on the list that we're going to talk about. So, so uh, I got to ask you, you know, listen to the music in Mega Man 2. Is that is that your favorite uh, soundtrack out of the entire franchise? I think it is. Now, Mega Man X, I know people consider it a different series, but I like Mega Man X one soundtrack pretty well too. The the Storm Eagle track on X one is my favorite, and probably I would probably have to go with Woodman just just because he's a robot made of wood and he has to do 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 do. <laughs> Greatest robot ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have either of you played the Wily Wars 
Is that, that for the out. Genesis? Yeah, it was the the. See, was that the one that was Mega Drive or the European? I think it was a European release, oh, and it yeah, was a yeah. 16-bit Mega Man one through three. Ooh, I all together, and it was cool because you could go back and forth, you know, in between the games. If you wanted to play through one a bit and go back to the other, and I, I don't know if it had a uh, something extra at the end of it, but you know, it had the bumped up graphics. And uh, I've got it on emulators, and I recently just beat Mega Man One for the first time. So that was uh, nice to add that to the the notch of games that were right. never beaten. <laughs> Mega so, Man One's rough difficulty wise. I'm telling you, that one's hard. Yeah, I had a hard time with that one. I don't know why. <laughs> but then again, you know, I I often think that I was a better gamer when I was a kid than I am now. Because I, I beat Mega Man Two <laughs> when I was a kid. I've tried to go back to the series now, and I can't even get close. Then again, you know, I I don't I guess I don't have the patience I used to have, or I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I you know I actually have a job now and I have to do other things and I can't dedicate the entire Saturday to trying to beat it. <laughs> I think it's a combination of all that and just the fact too that sometimes that's the only game you had, mm -hmm. so you're just gonna play it and play it and play it, and eventually you get better. Right, right. Yeah. So James, you've been playing any other uh, retro games, my man? You've had a few. I kind of been celebrating the season and uh, going through a couple. Halloween related games uh, nice. there's one that's really cool it's a, it was a Japanese release only called Akamoju Special something kun you know it's Japanese <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's a it's a Castlevania game or offshoot of it and we had a Game Boy the regular Game Boy version called Kid Dracula and it actually is a lot like Mega Man to me. If you kind of combined Mega Man and Castlevania, crammed it together, you would have this game. Nice. You play as Alucard, because he's a little, you know, little chubby with the white hair, and everybody's <laughs> kind of got that super deformed look. <laughs> uh, you know, it's got the zombies, little witches, everything's very cutesy on it. Mm. And you have a like a fireball you can shoot, and it's nice because you can shoot, you know, forward, back, and you can shoot up. Mm. which definitely helps because you, you couldn't whip up on too many of the older Castlevania games. And there's even an appearance by Rick from Splatterhouse. What? He's oh, one of the cool. bosses, which kind of falls into one of the other ones I'll tack on is a similar game called One Paku Graffiti, which is naughty graffiti, and it's another Japanese only, but it was a NES version of Splatterhouse. It's also, you know, very cutesy. Everybody's kind of got the little deformed look. And it's not quite as violent. Candy will fall out of people for health. But <laughs> you can still chop them in half. And it's pretty much a, a... It was the first home system Splatterhouse. And it actually is kind of a prequel to the other ones. You know, it's, it's not as, as serious. Right. It's very, very kid-friendly. Well, I wonder why that one was only released in Japan then. I don't know if there was ever any particular reason or they just didn't think, right. you know, it, it would go well over here. Because, I mean, mm. I, I was a huge fan of, you know, the regular Splatterhouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I, one's got to be on a list, you know, for top Halloween games. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we came really, really close. We were, we were going to uh, talk about uh, either... Castlevania, you know, maybe the first one of those, or Splatterhouse, or kind of the debatable scary games like the like today's game. I'm a huge fan of the Splatterhouse games, and and I think I remember now that you mentioned, it, I think I remember there being a, a cutesy version of uh, Splatterhouse. I just never knew the title of it, so that's, yeah. that's really cool. 
Uh, for me, I haven't been playing a whole lot lately. Uh, it's been kind of a hectic week again with uh, with work and everything. But um, I did get to play Haunted House for the twenty six hundred, <laughs> which uh, which was actually a lot of fun. It was it was better than I expected it to be. Um, it was released in nineteen eighty one, and basically you're just in this mansion that belongs to this deceased guy named Zachary Graves. I, I love that name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and all you are, you're just a pair of eyes, and you wander around trying to find pieces of an urn that are scattered throughout the house. And you know you got your you know your standard scary enemies like bats and spiders, and of course the ghost of Zachary Graves. Um, and you can't actually see until you light a match uh, when you press the fire button. And, and the one thing I kind of like about the game is you have to actually use a little bit of strategy. I mean, you know, for one, you know, the light it only stays on for so long, and then you're in complete darkness, and you can be attacked by these things. Oh, and also when these things come close to you, even if you have your lighter on. Um, it'll cut off. It's kind of hard to avoid them. You go through. You basically go through different floors. You try to find these keys to different rooms that hold pieces of the urn, and then eventually, once you put all the pieces together, uh, that's the end of the game. And then you just have this creepy music play, and that's it. So I enjoyed it so much. I'm gonna buy this game. And, and I was I was wondering how much it would be on eBay, and I found one for a dollar and nineteen cents with a two dollar shipping. So I bought it. <laughs> so so yeah, that was Haunted House for the twenty six hundred. Other than that, I've just been doing a lot of reading uh, this week. I read one of uh, Nick DeMarco's articles on Retro Gaming Times called Generation Retro. And it was just, you know, it was an interesting article because basically uh, Nick's talking about how he spends a lot of his Christmases with his uh, uh, two nephews. And he basically tries to, every time he hangs out with them, he tries to introduce them to a new retro game and just kind of, you know, uphold that, that tradition that he has. It kind of explains why it's important to, you know, show the younger generations, uh, at least show them these retro games. And, you know, he talks about how, you know, games have evolved and how we still need to be challenged. And a lot of modern games don't offer that same challenge as some of the older games do. And just to keep the history of gaming alive. So it was a very interesting article. So, Ah, that's me taking my third curtain call at the Alhambra Bradford. Sit! They loved me. Oh, sorry. I thought this was the party. This is the party! Oh. Right! Who's for Atari? <laughs> What's more, it's my party! Music Hall's Dead Sunshine. Pac-Man, Missile Command, Super Breakout, that's where the action is. All linked up, young man? Just a moment! <laughs> right! Anyone for Haunted House? <laughs> you have to be fast on your feet for this urn. Oh, don't say that. I want to show you who's tap dancing next. Atari. Simply more fun and games. Well, I guess we should get into a few forum topics. The first one was started by our good buddy Chad. Uh, I think he's Partsman26. And he was just basically asking uh, about our gaming backlog. Uh, basically saying, you know, what, what are some games that are we might have bought, who knows, a couple years ago that we still haven't played? Or just something we've been trying to get around to playing for a long time, we just haven't had a chance? Uh, probably the only one I can think of right now is Blaster Master for the NES. Oh, nice. I've been meaning to play that one, and I keep putting it off, and I keep putting it off, and I keep putting it off. And I, I just hadn't got around to it. Was the last time you played that uh, when you were over at my house, like a year ago? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the first time you had played it, isn't it? Yep, yeah, that's that's right. I had never played Blaster Master before. I'd always heard of it, never played it. I always knew the video game track, uh, because I think it's the intro to the Legacy Music Hours podcast. But yeah, other than that, I, re I was really impressed with the game. It's a good game. I, I like it. I can't get past the second 
part of the levels, but I like all the, the different gameplay, like, you know, you got the side-scroller, and mm -hmm. then when you go to fight the bosses, it goes to kind of like the overhead shooter, and it's a Sunsoft game, so, you know, the music's going to be good. I think the music's on par, well, not not on par, but a little bit little bit less than Journey to Silius. Mm-hmm. Which, which is another one I probably need to, to try to play, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the music in that game is really hard to beat. I remembered Blaster Master. I had that one as a as a kid at the Toys R Us. We had a $20 rack, and, you know, as a kid, lots of times you don't get too many games a year, and I remember you had a better chance of getting the $20 one, and Blaster Master was definitely one of the best games that they had on the bargain rack. Yeah, see, I wonder if, like, you know, during that time, did Sunsoft have greatest reputation, or, or is that something that we think about after the fact, you know, all these years later? But I, I do know that when Sunsoft kind of made their transition into the 16-bit era, they, they, I don't know, it's like they dropped the ball there. It's a shame because, you know, a lot of the Apic games that they released were really, really good. You know, like Batman's one I think of all the time. I mean, that game was one of the best side scores I've ever played, and to this day, I think it's aged so well. It is. They, uh, they did some good games. The only one that I thought that was kind of lacking was Fester's Quest that Sunsoft did. Oh, I didn't even know that was a Sunsoft game. I don't know. I just, I just can't get into that one. Mm -hmm. And I love Uncle Fester. I love the Adams family. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's a good guy. So uh, so how about you, James? Are there, are there any games you've been meaning to play for a while? There's always so many. <laughs> you know, it, I'll sit there and look, and I just I get stuck deciding what to play. But uh, a couple from my childhood, especially, that I continually try to chip away at and, and play and, and get through. Uh, there's two that I really love. One's Rolling Thunder on the NES. It's a port of an arcade game by Namco. Kind of a James Bond spy type game. And, nice. uh, you know, as a kid in the arcade, it would definitely eat my quarters because I don't think I could beat the first level. But there's something about it. The enemies of these really cool hooded guys and they all have different <laughs> colors you know like yellow and purple and his jump is one of the most distinctive things about the game because it has two levels and you jump up to the next floor he just kind of glides off and jumps over the railing it's awesome it's like a luigi jump oh <laughs> uh, yeah he's got that grace in it you know <laughs> But it, that one, and there was another one very similar to it made by Capcom, which overall is a better game called uh, Codename Viper. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, it plays pretty much exactly the same. Uh, they must have just took the style from it, but, you know, Capcom was doing it. And back mm. then, you're pretty much guaranteed a great game from Capcom. Right, good point. And <laughs> it's also very hard, and I still keep trying to chip away. And, and you know, I tend to use save states in my old age I think due to that <laughs> lack of patience and time we were talking about earlier yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. so you know it, it, I might not actually beat it technically but mm -hmm. I might you know do what I want to do with it and just get to the end right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah speaking of Capcom um, I actually just bought DuckTales not long ago uh, well eh, if I actually come to think of it it's probably about three or four months ago Woo! Uh, yeah and I, I <laughs> Well, I was a huge fan of the show, uh, and I have never played the game, uh, but I heard so many no. good things about it. Uh, so that that's one that's definitely on there. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, Mega Man Four through Six. Uh, bought those games uh, over a year ago, and I have I've hardly started on it. I bought a game that I've never even heard of, but I thought the cover was interesting, called Swords and Serpents. Uh, I actually bought this at um, this uh, retro gaming store in uh, the Foothills Mall in Maryville, Tennessee. <laughs> And I, the reason I remember it um, buying it is because as I was uh, waiting in the checkout line with the game, and it was like a dollar game, whatever, 
these people were playing magic cards on my right, and they got in a fight. You know, so oh, you know, wow. yeah, yeah. I mean, they were yelling at each other, cussing at each other, and uh, the store owner had to kick them out. And I said, "Wow, that's pretty intense." So I just paid is, for my game and left. <laughs> is that Swords and Serpents? Is that one of the like wizardry games? I I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I think I think I've got the original wizardry, but I don't know if this is a sequel or not. It just sounds really familiar. It, it sounds it sounds a lot like Wizards and Warriors. You know, Swords and Serpents. It sounds like it would be a sequel to that <laughs> or something. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, there, there's a couple more. Um, Golden Sun for the Game Boy uh, Advance. Uh, I hear that's a great role-playing game. I've never played it. Splatterhouse 3. Uh, I've played it before, but um, I uh, actually our good friend Bayou Bill sent it to me not long ago. Well, actually, come to think of it, close to a year ago now. I uh, haven't played it yet. And I have recently got a Game Gear. I had one when I was a kid, but I don't know. I must have lost it during a move or whatever. And just recently bought another one uh, just because it came with the game Shining Force, the, the sort of, I guess, Hiya? I don't even know how to say it. But I'm a big Shining Force fan, and uh, especially the early 90s Shining Force games. And I never played this one, so I bought that at least a year and a half ago. <laughs> I still haven't played it. So, Just about all of my Intellivision games, aside from Kool-Aid Man... And Burger Time. <laughs> uh, I have not played those games. As a matter of fact, I saw one that I didn't even know I had. I'm looking at it right now. It's in the box. It's called Sewer Sam. Uh, and I'm going to read the back to you. Sewer Sam is a troubleshooter for the City Works Department. There's something going on down in the sewer system, and Sam has been sent to investigate. Unfortunately, threatening nasties hide in the tunnels. Watch out, Sam. And that's that's all it says. <laughs> so, but uh, I'll definitely try that out. Uh, Resident Evil Two. I got that from our friend Jay on our Facebook page. Uh, I traded him a few games for it. It's the '64 version, and I've yet to play it. So, I've got quite a few on my list, and uh, I say every weekend, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate a few hours to it," and it just it's depressing, man. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> it's adulthood. Yeah, Sad. I know. It's, it's so overrated. <laughs> All right, next topic was one more time. All right, and this is basically, I, I posted this topic a couple weeks ago. If there was, you know, if you could only play one game one more time in your life, what would that game be and why? So this is a hard question. So, Len, what do you think? Oh, man, you put me on the spot first. <laughs> so what's the scenario like? I can only play one more game and then I have to give it up forever? You have to give gaming up completely after that. You can never play another video game in your life. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, <laughs> I would probably say Chrono Trigger. Oh, nice, nice, excellent choice. Love that game. has a has a great story. I really like the fact that you ca- you get really attached to the characters and like everything that happens to them. It's just a very well written game. The art in it, the the guy who did Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, he did the art for that game. So it's the art's awesome. Uh, the music, you know, it was kind of the... I remember reading it was the Dream Team. It was the composer from the Final Fantasy series, the guy who did the art from Dragon Ball, and then, like, all the best that Square Enix had to offer to mm. write the game. And a lot of people say that's one of the reasons why it's so good was it was the Dream Team, and apparently those guys have never got back together to make another game. Makes you wonder, but that would probably be the one I would choose. Plus, if it's the only game I'm going to play, you know, I'm going to try to get all... 10 or 13 or however many endings there are too. Right. So multiple, multiple playthroughs. <laughs> That'd be a long day. <laughs> that would be. Uh, well, how about you, James? I had one I was thinking of, and then I remembered it. It's not a, a retro game. So uh, you're sending the question, do I need to stick in the in the retro times? <laughs> no, 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 please. You know, just any game. I don't care. <laughs> well, I, I'd probably have to say if I could just play one last game would 
be uh, one of the Yakuza games. They're on uh, PS2 and PS3. It's one of my favorite, or probably like my favorite, you know, newer series. And it's just, it's kind of, the best way I can describe it is like a modern River City Ransom, oh. minus the co-op. It, it's a beat em up, you know, at heart as you walk around the city, you get in random fights, and you can stop at places and eat a burger, you know, <laughs> buy a snack, an energy drink, an umbrella. Uh, <laughs> and then punch somebody real quick. Yeah, you can go play golf. You know, it kind of has some open things you can do, say, like a Grand Theft Auto. You know, it's not quite as open as that, but you walk around the Camarocho, the city, and, you know, you have that same city for all four games so far so it, to me I, it's not repetitive I like the familiarity of it mm -hmm. uh, and this is one of my favorite ones but on a second note if I could too I didn't if I used an older one I would probably pull out one of the uh, the uh, AKI wrestling games on the 64 and uh, oh, play nice. it with a couple friends mm. if that's not cheating you know pull out <laughs> no, some four players that way I could enjoy a final game with some friends you know Okay, so favorite favorite wrestling game for the 64? I'd probably have to go with No Mercy. Oh, nice. Ooh. Excellent choice. I know a lot of people vary between that and WrestleMania 2000. You know, they're pretty similar to me, and mm -hmm. I love both of them. Still one of my favorite wrestling games. The, the newer ones are, are getting stuff right, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, the new ones are, are definitely worth checking out. I uh, actually saw a preview for the, what was it, the 2K14 game? It yep. kind of looks good. I mean, it's got the all the uh, classic WrestleManias on there. It looks pretty daggone good, but uh, just that's sixty dollars. I can't do it. <laughs> Comes out tonight at midnight. Sweet. Did you pre-order? I did. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Texas. Tell tell us uh, how it is, man. I get Ultimate Warrior as a pre-order bonus. <laughs> Sweet. Now you can have incoherent promos. <laughs> can you feel the power of the warrior coursing through your veins. Happy <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Greatest promo ever, Warrior. Thanks I like it. it. I like it. <laughs> Uh, well, for me, this is really, really hard. Um, I'm going to go with Miss Pac-Man, just, just because I had so many good times playing this game. Uh, with with uh, you, Landon, so many times just, just playing this game. Um, first time I ever played it was right around the time where my mom uh, met my stepdad. And they were I remember they had taken us to this pizza place. And the pizza place had a Miss Pac-Man machine in it, and I just remember playing that pretty much the whole night and everything, and just really enjoying it. And of course, I thought my stepdad was the coolest guy in the world because he kept giving me quarter after quarter. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I really I just enjoy the simplicity of that game. Something about the game kind of just puts me in a good mood, and it's and it's one of the, it's the classic case of uh, a game that's easy to pick up and hard to master. And I just I don't know, there's something about that game. Maybe it's the cutscenes. <laughs> cutscenes are amazing. Oh, oh, and James, I actually got this idea for this question from your show. The question was, if you could design Resident Evil 7, what would you do to make the franchise truly scary again? So, uh, James, we'll start with you, man. What do you think? Man, that one, you know, I was trying to think to get it back to being scary again. I don't know if, you know, maybe it needs slower pacing back within it. Yeah, I agree uh, with that, yeah. There's so many, it's like I just don't quite get scared as much, you know, but mm -hmm. there definitely needs to be something with the tenseness. The, you know, a lot of people say the tank controls helped because <laughs> it, was, it was hard to get around, but I, I could maneuver, you know, mm -hmm. quite well in there. 
there's just something I don't know if they could bring a some type of creepy factor back into it because yeah. some games I like I like the the Fatal Frame series on PS2 and Xbox have some very it's very Japanese and something mm-hmm. about those that just has that mm-hmm. creepiness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I agree. I think I don't think it's so much about blood and guts. And uh, of course, you know, in Resident Evil Six, so much. I think somebody mentioned on your podcast. Uh, you know, it just feels like a Michael Bay film now. Way more action oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I miss like I like psychological stuff. I I think that's creepier. You know, uh, the darkness of the human heart and, and and things like that. You know, I I think if if you kind of went towards the psychological side of of Resident Evil, uh, tap into you know some of the characters that you're not sure you can trust. Uh, tap into perhaps the lighting. You know, because there, there's certain games like Dead Space, for instance. You know, when that lighting, the lights cut off, and you hear those sounds crawling all around the TV, the, the surround sound, uh, and then the lights come back on, or just the use of silence when you know you should be hearing something, uh, and you don't. I, I have to agree with James. I think the pacing, you know, it's kind of become more of an action horror game than, mm-hmm. you know, survival horror. For instance, Resident Evil 2, the atmosphere, you're kind of in an abandoned police station, you know, a place that's supposed to have people in it. 24/7 and there's not a soul in there. The music, the the music in two, and I'm going back to 2 again. The music in 2 really set the atmosphere and really set the mood. That the piano in the police station was probably my favorite the little piano tune that it would play. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, that that kind of set the mood and I I guess another thing and this is what really got me on it were the I guess what you would call the cheap scares. Like, you know, you go into the police station, there's the interrogation room with the two-way mirror. There's a, there's a key on the other side of the room, but you have to walk in front of the mirror. And it's like, I know something bad's in here. It's like, man, I know something's going to happen. I know something's going to happen. I got the key, and, you know, I got about three-quarters of the way out of the room, and I'm like, oh, man, nothing happened. That was so cool. And then all of a sudden, the, the face licker, like, jumps out and, like, pins you against the wall and, Right. <laughs> I, I guess the cheap th- the the cheap scares is is something I would like to see more of, and like James said, the slower pace. The mm-hmm. the slow, the game can have a slow pace as long as it's got a good story. Absolutely, is, is the way I see it. If it, if you know the story in two, you cared about the characters, you cared about Leon, you cared about Claire, you wanted them to try to get out. I, I guess my next question is: do, do you think Resident Evil the series will ever go back to its roots, or do you think you know? Do you think it's kind of it's it's so well known for being an action series now that they might never go back? I think there's a good chance. I mean, from what I heard when before six came out, that was the rumor was you know it's going back more, you know, to its roots from what I remember. But it's not necessarily the case. I, I think it's something a lot of people want. Uh, I did enjoy the one they put on the DS. I believe it was Resident oh, uh, Revelations. Revelations. Yes, yes, the, I, I have that. That is very good so far. Definitely has more of a feel to me, <laughs> like the older ones. But I just I don't know if you know they're bigger games. Maybe you'll see some on handheld systems that might retain that old feel. But I just don't know if they'll get back to it. I think it's kind of settled into what it is, and it's right. not. Think it's gonna stay there, but you never know. I agree. I agree. I mean, at, at least for the next few sequels, I'd say it'll probably follow the same trend because I mean that's what everyone knows now. That's what everyone is, associates with uh, Resident Evil now. So is, I enjoy for a little bit more of the, uh, you know, not so super action. I like the the ones they've done recently on the Wii. 
the uh, Chronicles games. Oh, they're yeah, they're very uh, good. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, more light gun shooter, but you have a little bit more range as far as you can move. And uh, speaking of lighting, I remember being a buddy with Planet, and, you know, our dumb selves decided to shoot all the lights out on the train. And we're <laughs> like, well, why did we do that? And everything was dark, you know. It's scarier. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. So, you know, those are definitely worth a shot to, you know, give you a little bit more of an old feel kick to it while still having the newness. All right, guys, I have one non-gaming related question, and I thought I'd ask this just because it's Halloween. So what is um, your all-time favorite horror movie? So, Landon, we will start with you, my good buddy. Oh, goodness. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go with the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, the original? The original, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that one creeps me out. That movie, I was going to say, that movie creeps me out just thinking about it. Such a low budget, too. It was. I think that's kind of what made it so good was, you know, it wasn't all these glamorized effects and, you know, top Hollywood budget. Sometimes the the lower end stuff scares me more than the the high end, I guess, movies. Absolutely. That, oh, man. It's just (laughs) so, so many. Um... I might just have to go with a, a, a classic with the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, nice. Ooh. A creature uh, feature, nice. You know, it, it was just something about, I, I loved, you know, just the, the creature himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in his own world, and people come in, and, and you know, just, they have to mess with him. They can't <laughs> they just leave him alone? <laughs> yeah, you know, he just wants to swim, check oh. out the swimming ladies, hang out in his lake. <laughs> nah, they gotta come out there start stuff you know later they kidnap them and have them in a you know it's almost kind of like jaws three by the third one they have them in the water park and he escapes they're just it, it's you know it's a classic one one of the you know last big universal series that came out and still great still great to this day it's not necessarily scary right right I, I just enjoy watching those but i yeah. mean that's it's hard to pick because there are just so so many. <laughs> yeah, it's like trying to you know pick your favorite child or something like that. You know, uh, like a different favorite one every you know week or month. Right, right. I have some <laughs> rotating ones. That's definitely true for me. This it, is this is hard for me to pick one. I do love the the creature of the black lagoon. By the way, I, I'd seen that um, for the first time I think just a few years ago, and I was like, wow, this really I think it holds up pretty well. It's got a certain charm to it. I th- I think for me, I gotta go with, and I'm not just because it's you know this particular episode. I I've got to go with the original Friday the 13th. Um, I just, I don't know, just the way it was shot. It, it almost kind of feels like a low-budget film to me, even though it probably wasn't. I like the fact that the antagonist is uh, a woman. All right? This this lady's pretty scary, you know? Uh, she's just basically a psychopath mother that wants to avenge her son's death. Um, and she gets it at the end. Spoiler alert on that one. <laughs> 30 years later. But, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about that. I'll never forget when I first saw the film. I remember it genuinely scared me, uh, uh, and I hadn't seen all the sequels uh, yet, and the series kind of got a little bit ridiculous, uh, probably from you know five on, well, probably heck from two on, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. most do at that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, any franchise is getting around nine and ten sequels, uh, you know. <laughs> the thing um, with the first one that, that is so great, I think a lot of people, like myself, I saw some of the, the sequels first. So mm-hmm. when you know you watch that and you get used to Jason, if you go back and watch the first when yeah. you've never seen it, it, it mm-hmm. can catch you and you still get that nice twist surprise at the ending. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I watched um I, the the only other one I had seen before the first one was Part Seven, 
all right, which was uh, A New Blood. It's, it was the one about the girl with the telekinetic powers, I guess. Well, that's the only one I'd ever seen. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I want to start from the beginning. And I just automatically assumed Jason was the killer in the beginning. And it did throw me for a loop when it was Jason's mother. I was like, whoa, it just frightened me, you know? So just a, just a good film. Uh, and actually, you know what? Even though the, the sequels are pretty daggone cheesy, there's something about them I kind of like, you know? So, all right. So speaking of Friday 13th, should we get into the game? Let's do it. <laughs> all right. was an LJN game uh, released in February of 1989. Uh, this actually came out right around the same time as uh, Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, which was a film. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it wasn't great, it wasn't great. Although the scene where uh, Jason punches that guy's head off, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> that made me laugh. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it made me laugh too. Had to have been. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so, uh, so do you guys have any memories playing this game? Definitely do. Uh, I can remember a friend of mine had rented it. It was my best friend down the street from me. And I remember sitting in front of the little TV on the beanbag chair. <laughs> and he told me, he was like, man, I was playing the game. He's like, Jason popped out. And he's like, God. he'd yelled out a cuss word, you know. <laughs> it was 89, so nine. We're like 11 years old. And uh, his mom came in and he explained to her. And, you know, she was cool. So we're sitting there playing it. And then he jumps out, and oh, what do you know, both of us do at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she just let it go. She knew, but it just, it, it had that, and I still remember to this day, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. uh, at the time, it was pretty cool. You didn't get too many jump scares in video games. Right. Was that pretty much the, the scariest game you had played up to that point? At that time, yeah. Yeah. It's still kind of up there. Yeah, yeah. For for me, it was the, the exact same way. My buddy uh, had brought over the game to my house. Um, I at, at that point, I was probably maybe five. Uh, by that point, I had uh, only heard of Jason, but I didn't know anything about him. He keeps telling me, he's like, dude, this game's scary, you know, all this stuff. And he, st he started creeping me out because he kept talking about the game. He had, apparently, I guess he had rented it from Blockbuster, or whatever. And it always kind of made me wonder how he was able to, you know, why his parents would agree to let him rent that, because if you look at the cover of the game, I mean, it's Jason, we, we were both like five years old, and it's Jason holding an axe, okay? <laughs> but uh, I guess his parents were cool with it, and um, they, they let him uh, play the game. As soon as you cut on the game, the scene where the knife goes into the hockey mask, uh, and it just, you know, that one sound clip plays, I remember turning off the game. I, did, I didn't want to watch anymore. <laughs> So finally we started uh, playing and I just, I particularly remember that one scene. I don't remember the actual game so much as a kid. I kind of stayed away from it till I got older. Like, I, I would go to the video rental place and they would always have it in and I would pick it up and my dad would be there and he would like tap me on the shoulder and he'd be like, you sure you want to play that? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> he's like, he's like, well, I'm going to tell you, if you rent it and you start having nightmares and stuff, don't come running to me and your mom. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I put it back, but I finally got brave enough to rent it one day, and like James said, the the time when he like jumps out and goes, dun, 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 mm -hmm. you know, I like screamed and like <laughs> threw the controller at the TV and yeah. ran, and my mom's like, 
what are you doing? Are you mad at that game? I said, no, Mom, it scared me bad. <laughs> She's like, okay, turn it off. You, you can play it later. Just turn it off. So <laughs> that's my memory of it. Nice. Good times. Good times. <laughs> the game kind of follows the movies. You know, it's set at uh, Crystal Lake and there's summer camp and, you know, everybody's all out having a good time. And <laughs> then Jason shows up and people start disappearing and you play as uh, you can play as one of six counselors. There's three boys and three girls. They each have their own little uh, little abilities. You know, some one I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but I knew I know one could run fast, one could yeah. jump high, and one was just kind of a balance of all three. And it was kind of the same way for the girls. Yeah, I do know that a lot of the characters are named after the characters in the uh, the movies. Like um, mm-hmm. one of your best uh, male characters was Mark. Uh, he's the yep. fastest uh, runner. He's the uh, highest jumper. And he's the fastest rower. And then George, um, I don't know if he's based on any characters in the films, but uh, yeah, he's really, really slow, and I never used him. <laughs> Poor George. He always got it every time I played it. Like, I'll, <laughs> George is in trouble. I'm not going to save him. And that's another thing in this game. Like, even if you're playing as one of the counselors, Jason can, like, attack one of the other playable characters at random if you're not there. Right. Then you got that and- annoying sound when it's happening, too. Yes, and you're like, oh no, somebody's dying, somebody's dying, I gotta get to them, I gotta get to them. Which is a nice concept, you know, if you think about it, because, Mm -hmm. you know, other people's lives depend on you, so, you know, it kind of adds a lot of tension to the game, so I gotta give Friday the 13th a lot of credit there. It does, that kind of made your heart start racing, it's like, who's he after, who's he after, you gotta stop him from killing the kids at the camp, too, which... However, did the the map, though, kind of, like, disorient you guys as much as it did me? Yeah. That map always, you know, I, I, I select, uh, or I'd press the select button, and be like, okay, I'm heading towards them. Then I press it again, and I'd know, I'd, I'd see I'm going in the opposite direction. And I finally found out, I think, um, it, it's left is clockwise and right is counterclockwise. So the thing I never really underst- never really understood, and now I look back on it after watching the movies, is why is he killing kids? Didn't didn't Jason? <laughs> His mother kind of have a no killing kids policy, just teens. Yeah, good point. Because you know, you see the pictures of the kid, the characters. They all look like you know little kids. Anyway, little uh, faceless yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that. That's nothing. You know, you walk into these little uh, the counselors' cabins. You know, and, and for some reason they have the smaller cabins. You walk into there, and a lot of times they're just standing against the wall. They have no face, uh, and the lights are off. It's kind of creepy. I mean, that's almost as creepy to me as seeing Jason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, you got to try to save the kids, and you can try to dodge Jason all you want, but it eventually boils down to you have to fight him, take him out. And and really, you know, aside from aside from uh, you know the the music and you know the initial scare you have, the first time you fight him, he's really not too bad. Uh, and, and one nice thing is you can kind of duck to the right and to the left. You, I think you press down and right or left to dodge his um, his punches, kind of like your little Mac. Uh, <laughs> once you f- beat him the first time, he gets much quicker, and you basically have to get weapons in order to beat him uh, faster. Because I, I think, what are, what are the weapons? You had a, a lantern, you had a machete. A rock. Yeah, oh, a rock. Oh, the, everyone loves the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one that would sail right over uh, somebody's head. And then, uh, gosh, what was the other one? There was, oh, oh, one of the strongest weapons in the game, and I never got this. I don't know if you guys ever did, which was a pitchfork. 
No, I don't think I, I don't think I ever got that one. Yeah, what you could do to get that is, um, as a matter of fact, you had to go to the cave, and there was a cabin in the cave, and you had to defeat Jason's mother's head, <laughs> you know, like two or three times in order to get it. And Jason's mother is just as hard as Jason is, so a lot of times I felt like it wasn't even worth it to try to get it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I never did beat this game, but I hear that's how you have to do it in order to, in order to beat the game. But I can't remember why we had to light the fireplaces. What was the whole point of that? I don't know. Did it uh, yeah. chase Jason away? <laughs> was he afraid of fire? <laughs> I think sometimes, sure. like, notes would appear. I didn't know if that was because of the... Oh, yeah, yeah. There's certain things, like, I mean, I didn't know about the different abilities on the kids actually now until you just said something about that. Yeah, and that, that's one kind of nice thing. It, it added a little bit of uh, strategy to it because you wanted to have... See, a lot of, like, George... Bless his heart, you know, he was he was a, a slower runner, all right, but for some reason he was a faster rower. So you would want to kind of position him in a cabin near the lake or in one of the, you know, the small cabins near the lake so he could, you know, row across real quickly to get to some other cabins. Uh, and you would want a guy like Mark, who's, you know, faster, to be kind of in a cabin that's farther away, closer to houses than the lake. So that kind of added, I mean, I got to give the game credit there too. But gosh, hearing that beeping noise every five seconds, Oh, that got old very quickly. Just just playing this. Oh, I hated that. A lot of times I'd be like, yeah, kill him. I don't care. <laughs> I think they definitely could have found a, a more effective or spooky noise right. in place of that. Though, yeah. Instead of just being annoying. You know? <laughs> oh, and speaking of the music, guys. Now, I like the music in the cabin. All right, The music in the cabin's kind of creepy. Um, it's, it sounds like a, almost like a piano playing. But, you know, the when you're outside or when you're in the caves... Uh, hearing that loop over that did it 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 Alright that that got annoying very very quickly to me. I was not too big on that. And you know I think that's a major flaw in the game. I think just the fact that there are maybe three or four different tracks in the entire game and each track is not very long and loops over and over again plus the fact that you have to hear that beep every five seconds. I think that's one thing that definitely holds the game back. It just I mean overall the you know, graphic-wise, you know, it's an LJN game. And <laughs> you never had the absolute best. I mean, I, I think they're they're passable. <laughs> um, a lot of the backgrounds, you know, cabins, it's kind of like the music. You know, a lot of stuff looks the same. Right. So you have a couple different areas. Right. And some of the, you know, some of the weapons, like you said, the rock. I mean, overall, <laughs> I don't think the rock was too. You just you got to be able to time it just right. But right. But if you hit that one spot, it does fly right over the head <laughs> and, and it is it's pretty tough overall to get through it yeah I, I i noticed um you know especially you mentioned the graphics i noticed there were a lot of times you go in the woods or especially the caves and there'd be this these little pathways that look like they're part you know just kind of static background that were actually places you had to go uh that really messed me up a lot of times because i it the the backgrounds were so similar looking and so kind of redundant Tracing your steps was very, very hard. You kind of needed some breadcrumbs you could leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> find your way around. That's right. Mark a couple of trees or something. <laughs> right. But one thing I did like, though, is uh, the sun setting. All right. While, um, you know, while you're playing. Uh, and really, it didn't, it, it didn't affect too many of the bosses. But at least it didn't stop you like, you know, Castlevania Simon's Quest or something like that. And, and uh, you know, you have to sit through that little uh, message every five seconds. You know, what a horrible night for a curse and things like that. <laughs> Um, so I thought that was pretty nice. But another thing I didn't like... Okay, so you beat Jason uh, the first time, 
and then this message comes up, alright, well now, or you haven't defeated Jason yet, uh, he's even stronger, and then you defeat him the second time, and it's the same thing, you still haven't defeated him yet, he's getting stronger, you have to defeat him uh, three different times. Basically, he uses the same moves, just only faster each time. He gets ridiculously hard that third time you have to play him. Alright, this is where I died, I, I finally gave up. I watched the ending, I saw uh, a clip of the ending, and there's no payoff whatsoever. Do you guys know what the ending is? Yeah, just the word, I can't remember what it said, but it was yeah. just like a shot of some words, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. it's just like uh, it's just like Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just, it says, um, you have finally managed to defeat Jason. But is he really dead? We are not telling. And then it literally says dot 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 end. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's it. So what you're telling me is you could play uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and just substitute Friday the 13th stuff in for Freddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so let me ask you guys. You know, is this uh, this game's gotten a lot of um, hate throughout the years? Is this a good game? Well, what do you guys think? I would probably give it on a scale of ten. I'd probably give it a five. I mean, it's playable. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna Are you gonna like sit there and play it hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on end just to see that awesome ending? Probably not. <laughs> like you said, the music's kind of repetitive, uh, except for in the cabins. In the cabins, it's kind of it's it's fitting. It's very creepy. But the fact that you have to fight him like three different times is what really grates on me. It's like, yeah, I've I've beat him twice already. I mean. Mm -hmm. He should be down for the count. <laughs> right. You know, it's one we all seem to, you know, have a lot of good memories. And mm -hmm. coming from a nostalgia point, I could say, oh, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd have to agree with, with Landon. I'd probably put it down into a five or four. It's one that if you don't have any memories of it as a kid, right. you just might not enjoy it too much going into it today. It's one. It, I think it's worth a shot. I mean, you know, if you're into the series and you like it, hey, why not? You know, mm -hmm. give it a shot. See if it'll give you a scare. I was just playing it earlier. It still makes me jump when he pops out. So, <laughs> if anything, I gotta give it credit for that. Great. I don't think it's as bad as is what some people make it out to be. You, you take that those good memories away. It's okay. It's it's an okay game. Uh, it's definitely worth at least one playthrough. There are a few things going forward. I do like the fact that there's strategy involved. I do like the, the fact that there actually are a lot of tributes to the films, especially like uh, Jason's mother's head that you've got to fight, and uh, you know basically it drops weapons that Jason uses in all the films. I kind of like that. The sprites are pretty cool looking. I think the backgrounds aren't great looking, uh, and the music is definitely a downer. You know, so it's it's average, probably around a five or six. I would give this game. You know, one thing with it, it, mm -hmm. it really is, probably for a lot of us you know, that played it, it's one of the first survival horror games I ever played. I mean, it, it has that going on because there's you got your counselors, and when they die, they die. Right, and just that, that element, like, you, you know that people are depending on you, you want to try to save them, and that, that you're looking at that map, and you see how far away that person is, you're trying to get there in time. I mean, that adds a, a little bit of fear to the game. A little bit of tension to the game, and that is one thing going for it. But I'll tell you what, I'm looking at some of the responses on our Facebook page, and people are really, really uh, not liking this game. Let me see. If that, let me just read a handful. <laughs> I'm gonna have to censor the some one, of these. <laughs> I was gonna say the ones that are appropriate. Yeah. For the yeah the one, okay, I got two left now. <laughs> Let's see. Um, let me find it. 
Uh, Dustin Brown says his mom was creepy, and if you didn't have the pitchfork, you were screwed. So Dustin Wilson says, much like the Nightmare on Elm Street game, it wasn't very good and didn't really make any sense, but it was a cool game to have nonetheless, especially back then. Kyle Varnell says this game was so laughingly bad that it was great to play. So it's so bad it's good. And last one I'll read, it's um, Pedro Rodriguez says, as bad as it was, I loved it because it was Friday the 13th. This game was actually a masterpiece if you compare it to this Commodore 64 Friday the 13th game, which I've never played. Apparently that came out a couple years before, which I also played for hours on end because it was Friday the 13th. Oh, he says, on a side note, I got Kane Hodder to sign my NES cartridge. That's awesome. I think he was in Friday the 13th Part 7, 8, and 9, so that's awesome. Okay, so um, overall, I think a lot of the people are actually, yeah, there's actually more giving it credit than I thought there would. So, uh, so Rob, what happened to you the other day, man? Well, you talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street thing. Yeah, you know, uh, we were we were kind of wrapping up there, and some stuff went down apparently. Well, I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm gonna give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. <laughs> now, if you listen to the old timers in town, they tell you he's still out there. Some folks claim that they've even seen him right here in this area. The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, she claimed she saw him. She disappeared two months later. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night, and he took his revenge. A revenge that he will continually seek if anyone enters this wilderness again. Jason's out there. Man, how do you know? Yeah, did you see him or something? I mean, was he just like, hey Rob, I'm Jason, I'm right here. Worse, he threw his Friday 13th video game through my window. And it looks like there are a few words on the back here, written in blood. No way. What does it say? Never. Stop. Playing. Hashtag Jason. Man, you better play it. Because if you don't... This a death curse! No way! I'm not doing it! I'm sick of this game! I mean, sure it's not terrible, but it isn't great either. After all, remember all the games I have backlogged? Here, I'm gonna play a game that's worth my time. Here. Whoa! Guys, it's Jason's mom's severed head! Right next to Action 52! Not the Action 52! Guys, Jason's here! Hang on, Rob, we're coming! Ah, Rock! Take this! It's not working! Aha! A gray sweater! Let me put this on. There! Jason! Jason? That's a good boy, Jason. Good, Jason. Now kneel down. Kneel down. Jason, mother is talking to you. Rob, look out! Landon! James! You guys saved me! On a day's work, citizen. On a day's work. We got your back, man. Don't worry about it. You finally had it. Jason, is he really dead? We're not Who was that? Eh, who cares? Alright, everybody. I guess that wraps up our Friday the 13th episode. Uh, so if you have any feedback or questions for us, uh, now that we got our email address back up, I had some technical difficulties with that. Uh, just send us an email at theretrojunkies at theretrojunkies.com. Also, uh, if you're Bill and Froggy, join our forums at www.theretrojunkies.com. There's a tab there for the forums. Uh, join the conversation, and hey, you might even make the show one day. 
<laughs> if you want to hang with us, I don't know if you want. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be cool. Yeah, poor James, he's had to put up with us for like an hour now. That's it's not so bad. <laughs> uh, it's it more out. fun than Action 52. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's not saying much. <laughs> uh, check out our Facebook pages at facebook.com slash Super Show. And check out our Turtle Flakes podcast page. It's uh, facebook.com slash Podcast. Also, check out our buddy John Wedgworth's pages on the Facebook. The Facebook, sorry. <laughs> uh, that's like the Walmart. Uh, you can go to facebook.com and search Nerd Normalities Radio Channel 1 and 2, and it should take you right to those. Join in and uh, listen to some sweet video game and video game-inspired music. All right, and check out NES Podcast at facebook.com slash NES Podcast. Check me out on FFS Gaming Podcast on iTunes and Podomatic, and check out my partner Xander Scullion's YouTube page. And uh, I'll give a little quick shout out to a friend of ours we just had on our show, Video Game Music Professor. He's got a really cool show on the history and uh, facts about certain soundtracks and lots of games. He recently did Symphony of the Night for a Halloween one. He's also from North Carolina. It's got a really cool show. Last shout out goes to Old School Games at www.facebook.com forward slash Old School Games RS. Check those guys out. Show them some love. All right, guys. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, We didn't get killed by Freddy or Jason. We've survived this Halloween. And James, I just want to say, man, it was awesome to spend uh, Halloween with you, buddy. Yeah, thanks for coming. Hi, James. Hey, thank you both for having me. It's an awesome show. Fun to be on it. Having some Halloween fun. That's Uh, right, man. (laughs) And we'll definitely have you guys on our show sometime soon. We'll work out a time to get something cool going on. All right. Sweet. I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys. Well, we wish you all a good day and good gaming. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Goodbye. Have a pleasant evening, everybody. Have fun trick-or-treating. Worse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think there's a death curse. <laughs> oh, Very good, Crazy death. Ralph. <laughs> there's a death curse. <laughs> Not the action 52. <laughs>